All right, what's up, everybody? Um, welcome to the Casual MMA Podcast. My name is Troy. Um, just yeah, small introduction to uh, to what I got going on here. So, uh, jumping in, episode one of the Casual MMA Podcast. I'm a giant MMA fan. Uh, I love talking about it. Um, been a fan for a long time, several years, um, but recently uh, just found myself kind of itching to uh, to get something out there. I feel like I have good information to share. People want to listen, so we'll just jump right into it. Uh, to be honest. Um, yeah, episode one of the Casual MMA Podcast. I'm no Ariel Helwani, no Chael, no Joe Rogan, but, uh, but I feel like I have something to offer my perspective, so we're gonna jump right into it. Okay, episode one. And we have a doozy to kind of kick things off. So basically, um, I imagine, I mean, this is the first episode, I don't really know, but I imagine the theme of this, uh, of this show is to be kind of recapping, talking about the, uh, the atmosphere of the UFC as we go on, um, and we're jumping in with a big one, UFC 244, uh, Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz at the Garden. Um, it was a big fight, big fight, a lot of big fights beforehand. There were probably six six fights that you could have made, main events on at least fight nights uh, throughout the whole card. Um, so I'll kind of recap those, talk about the state that it left some of these divisions in. Um, and uh, yeah, there were some big outcomes. Big outcomes are going to change the, uh, the way that a lot of these divisions are looking in the UFC itself. So... Uh yeah, we'll just jump right in. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. So yeah, kicking things off, UFC two forty four. I will be honest, I did not tune in for the early prelims. Um, so good fights. Uh, looking through, looks like two decisions. Uh, Lyman, good man. What a hoss cat. When he weighed in, I was like, good lord. He looks like. I mean, he's he might be on that su- that super soy, that super sauce. Um, don't know, obviously, but yeah, Lyman, good. Been around a while. Um, didn't Lyman good lose to Ben Askren? I think. Let me check real quick. I think he did. Call me a Ben Askren fan. Let's see. Lyman Good. Let's kind of look through here. Sure did. First loss ever, Bellator 33, 2010. Yeah, he did. Well, ben, Bellator Ben Askren is probably the best Ben Askren. I don't know. All right. So jumping into the prelims, like I said, I didn't really tune in too closely to the early prelims. So I'll kind of jump in here on the uh, the prelims. I watched all those. So first thing, Edmund Shabzian. Uh, I wish I could say his name. 21-year-old kid. Um, I've seen his last two or three fights. Um, kids on a roll, 11 and 0. My age, 21 years old. That's crazy. He could be sitting with me in a college classroom. That's wild. But he beat he beat Brad Vares. Um, I'm not saying Brad's washed up. That's not the word. Brad did just say the other day though. He's like that he has the tools to uh, to beat Izzy. It's like, well, that's not. <laughs> you lost to a 21 year old Edmund Shabzian. I'm looking at his name. S H A H Shabazian. Shabazian. That's what we're going to go with. Uh, anyway, Edmund's a monster. Uh, phenomenal kickboxing. Knocked him out with a lead head kick. Um, yeah, that was that was phenomenal. Pretty quick, too. Round one, I believe. Yeah, round one. 227 to the first round. Um, yeah, that's phenomenal. Edmund looks good. I would like to see him fight a top 10 guy. Uh, maybe even the... Uh, um, yeah, somewhere maybe the 5 to 10 range. 5 maybe a little too high. But the, mid- the middleweight division is a little bit weird right now with three of the fighters moving out. Luke Rockle, Chris Wyman, Jacare Souza all leaving to go to light heavyweight. So that – and it, it's kind of log jammed because it, it's got – you got Izzy. Um, Paulo Costa just got out with a – you know, for eight months with a t- torn bicep. So he could be out for God knows how long. People are talking about Yoel Izzy. That's great. I think Yoel does have the tools to give uh, Israel some trouble. But uh, but Yoel coming off a loss to get into a title shot is kind of bizarre. But it's one, and to be fair, his loss to Paulo Costa was you know arguable. It was not a beatdown. It's not like Paulo you know washed him. Paulo actually took more damage, I think. But that's because Yoel was literally carved out of a steel beam. So 
I don't know. But yeah, I'd like to see Edmund face a uh, face a top ten middleweight. Um, I'd like to look at the hold on. I'm gonna actually pull up the rankings here so I can kind of imagine these matchups in my head because it's like I'm having a hard time picturing the whole middleweight division just because of you know how it's kind of set up right now with with injuries and things like that yeah so yeah you got uh Jacare, he moved Kelvin just lost um Derek Brunson that'd be a pretty good test Derek Brunson's coming off two wins he beat a lot of uh, Theodore who's now been cut and then who did Derek Brunson just beat oh god that's gonna bug me uh it was some, oh, Ian, uh, Ian Heinish. Yeah, he did. He beat Ian Heinish. I thought for sure Ian had that. I was kind of worried about Derek being on the way out after, after Izzy really messed him up. So, yeah, I'd like to see someone, I'd like to see him face someone like, uh, you know, maybe Ian Heinish. Uh, actually, Ian just got a fight. But maybe like Derek Brunson, Uriah Hall, something like that. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe Joker. Joker, Jack Hermanson just came off a loss against uh, Cannoneer. So, we'll, uh, we'll see. I forgot about Jared Cannoneer. How did I do that? All right, moving on. Uh, featherweight fight: Shane Burgos versus uh, Amir Khani. Oh man, that fight was that was a beatdown. God, there was what 20, 28 seconds left in the fight. That was that was crazy. Amir Khani had a monster first round. Monster first round. Pressured Shane super bad. Um, lit him up. And I was a little worried for Shane at first. Shane's only had one loss, and it was to Calvin Cater, who's fighting to beat uh, this weekend. But yeah, Amir Khani gave him a lot of trouble early. Kind of gassed out. And then Shane, uh, as we saw, really turned it on. Shane's got a phenomenal gas tank, especially for how big he is. He's big, big for that division. I imagine he weighs in probably, or you know, walking to the cage. He's probably got to be 165, probably close to 170, maybe, uh, maybe not 170, but like mid, mid to low 160s uh, after weighing in at 145. He's a big boy, so to see a tank on, or uh, the uh, see a, a gas tank like that on a big guy like that, that's big. So his only loss being to Calvin Cater and to uh, TKO uh, Amir Khani like that. That's that's impressive. Um, Shane, as far as fights for him, uh, what's he ranked now after that? They may not have even updated it yet, but Shane Burgos, 12th. Uh, Josh Emmett be a good fight. Moicano. Moicano's coming off some, uh, I think, two losses. Two losses. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Shane Burgos got some good fights ahead of him. Korean Zombies already lined up. Could fight Yair Rodriguez. Both of them just coming off pretty big wins. Um, that'd be quite a jump in rankings, though. Yair probably deserves someone someone higher ranked. But, yeah, so uh, Shane Burgos, big win for the guy. And then, boy, talk about a hype train derailment with the Johnny Walker, Corey Anderson prelim headliner. Um, wow. Yeah, Corey Anderson uh, absolutely uh, shutting up the naysayers. Um, he had been kind of counting out, like, and I can't say because, you know, I'm not on either side of the camp there. I don't really know how the, the dynamic is working directly between Corey and, and the UFC, but uh, it does seem like he was being counted out a little bit. Um, he's a, you know, phenomenal wrestler. Apparently, you know, he's been working on just striking. He got slept by Jimmy Manoa and Ovis, Ovin St. Pru, I believe. For his last two losses, uh, but he's on like a four-win streak, so things are looking good for for him matching up against John Jones or, or a, a top uh, top contender there in the light heavyweight division. Um, Johnny Walker, I will say it, I was on the Johnny Walker hype train. I really was. Um, you know, three giant knockouts hadn't really been touched. It would appear Johnny Walker has a glass chin. Um, that's been kind of proven, I believe. I'm checking now, but I believe all of his losses are off. Uh, this is going to pull me away. I believe all of his losses are off of um, knockouts. Excuse me. I believe all of his losses were from being knocked out. I'm going to back up. I don't want to. I don't want to lose my spot. But, but yeah. Um, 
Uh, Johnny Walker, he can make a return. Sounds like he's ready to. Sounds like he's just going to learn from it and move on. But, man, I don't know what he's going to do about that chin. Because I know he's been knocked out at least three times. Pretty early, too. And that was crazy. I would not have bet that Corey was going to sleep in my thought. I thought if Corey was going to win, he was just going to wrestle him, grind, and uh, pressure him for all three rounds, snag the decision. But, uh, nope. Put, uh, Put Johnny Walker on his butt. So... We'll see how Johnny Walker recovers. I think Corey Anderson, um, Anthony Smith called him out on Twitter earlier, either earlier today or last night, today being November 5th. Um, that'd be a, a fantastic matchup. Because, I mean, Corey's got a win over a hype train. At the end of the day, Johnny Walker was still only ranked 10th or 11th. And then before that, he beat Alir Latifi. That's great. Still hasn't actually beat a top five guy in the in the current state of the light heavyweight division. So um, I'd like to see him snag one more win. You know, if he fought Anthony Smith... And that goes both ways. If Anthony Smith wins that, a rematch in the future with John Jones isn't uh, isn't out of the question because, you know, Anthony Smith's coming off a, 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 not, a not recent. I was back in May, but May or June, but yeah, he beat uh, Alexander Gustafson. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what's next for Corey. I'd like to see him get probably Anthony Smith, maybe one more contender before he jumps uh, jumps on the the old John Jones shift or excuse me ship. Um, okay, moving on to the main card, Kevin Lee. Tonight was the Tonight was the night of the the comebacks, the redemption. Kevin Lee um, coming off two losses, Ally Quinta, my boy, Ally Quinta the GOAT, and then, uh, let's see, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. Um, So coming back down to lightweight, it seemed like he had a pretty decent time with the cut and had another staff infection. Well, I mean, what are you going to do, though? Uh, But, yeah, Kevin Lee coming in big against Gregor Gillespie. I, again, counted out Kevin Lee, uh, just like I did uh, Corey Anderson a little bit. I was like, listen, Kevin Lee's going to just – take it uh gillespie's head looked so strong he was undefeated um i can't remember he beat i think he had dominated like yancey medeiros or something like that is that how you say his name yancey medeiros that sounds right i'm gonna go with it but yeah gillespie insane wrestler uh one of the best collegiate wrestlers in his career um or at the time of his career uh i I thought he was gonna give kevin a lot of trouble granted kevin is a fantastic wrestler um and, and i hadn't seen a lot of striking from gregor i'll be honest but, uh, I mean, I, I was a little worried about Kevin. Um, Ally Quinn is a great fighter, but Al kind of, especially in the, the later rounds of, of their last fight, Ally Quinn really kind of exposed Kevin Lee striking a little bit. Um, yeah, just outboxed him, closed the distance, uh, didn't really let Kevin Lee get any shots off. Once Kevin Lee realized that he couldn't really keep Al down and he couldn't snag that rear naked, he, he, was, kind of, he was kind of out of tools. Um, and he just kind of gassed out by the end of that fight. But... And then Kevin Lee started off hot against RDA, but um, kind of gassed out. And RDA is just a just a legend, just makes the right moves, just knows how to expose people. So I uh, was worried about him. And then, boom, an absolutely devastating head kick. To, another lead head kick. Two lead head kick, uh, two lead roundhouse head kicks uh, to uh, on the night. So between him and Edmund, that was unbelievable. Gregor went to sleep. That may be, I uh, may be not thinking of all the fights, but... Um, that may be the most devastating, like, rigor mortis knockout since Ben Askren got knocked out by Jorge back in July. That was unbelievable. I was watching with, like, nine of my friends, and we all just absolutely exploded. Um, God, yeah, I thought that was going to be just kind of a ground-and-pound, cage-control fight, and boy, was I wrong. Absolutely slept Gregor. Um, unbelievable. I haven't seen much from Gregor as far as his response, um, but but hopefully he gets back in there. He's too good of a fighter to not. That's not going to... You know that's not career ending. You got you know got to take the losses at some point, um, and and that was his. So absolutely slept. So I was happy to see Kevin come back though. I was you know I could tell 
just just listening to his interviews after those losses, you could tell he had a lot of self-reflection. But Kevin been training with Farah Sahabi, Georgia St. Pierre. Um, so it's good to see him get a, a, in a dominant knockout like that, you know. Uh, so so that was great. Um, heavyweight fight, Derek Lewis and uh, Blagoy Ivanov. Um, that was a good fight. I mean, that was a brawl, an absolute brawl. Uh, Derek looked good, I hope, and I think he got his knees fixed or put together or whatever. Uh, he had had horrible like meniscus and ACL issues, so it was good to see him back in there. He seemed to move well. Um, you know, Black Blagoy is unbelievable. Took some of the hardest shots that uh, you know you can take that can be delivered in the UFC. Uh, he took a monster knee from Derek Lewis, so that's that's unbelievable to me. Um, tough guy. I think that fight could have gone either way. Um, I agree that I agree with like people like Joe talk about how there should be um, draws more often, and I think that's a prime example of a fight that should have been a draw. Um, it was just too hard to call. Could have seen it either way. I get Derek Lewis. He did a lot more of the pressuring, especially in the third round. So um, yeah, in that sense, I, I get that. But that was a that was an absolute brawl, and happy for Derek to get a win back because he was coming off uh, losses to JDS and DC, I believe. So. Um, big, big win for Derek there too, because, uh, yeah, Blagoy was like 17 and two. He only had two losses. So, or excuse me, 18 and two, 18 and three now. So, yep. Moving on to the welterweight fight, Steven Wonderboy Thompson with the comeback. Uh, I think so. He, yeah, he definitely got slept by Pettis. Unbelievable. And then before that, I believe was the Darren Till, uh, um, split decision loss. So, um, so good to see Wonder Boy back in there, and boy, that was vintage Wonder Boy. He looked amazing. He looked amazing, and I, I honestly I thought Luke a was the next big thing. Um, it's not that he can't be, but I thought he was about to dive headfirst into like top five, top three rankings. Um, so to see him, uh, you know, oh God, those side, that's possibly my favorite strike to watch in the UFC is is specifically Wonder Boy's sidekicks. To be able to put Luke a on his butt like that, and then uh, specifically the one sequence where he sidekicked him to the chest, put him on his back. Brought him up, glove tap, and then left straight, right to the face, put him down, back on his butt. It was unbelievable. Wonder Boy looked amazing. Um, and Wonder Boy beat uh, Jorge Masvidal, so that's interesting. Um, that was a split decision win, I believe, for Wonder Boy. But, um, yeah, that was a phenomenal fight. Luke was messed up, like, messed up. Luke gets in some brawls, man. Between that and Barbarina, and then he had that one random guy, Derek Krantz, or something Krantz, Dennis Krantz, I can't remember his name. But coming from, uh, I can't remember. It was like it, uh, not the UFC. Came in and like dropped Luke. Luke gets in some brawls, man. But he's a great fighter. Beat Tiago Santos back in the day. Um, but he's got a lot ahead of him. That's not the end of the road for him. Um, Wonder Boy, I think, was just on one. Wonder Boy wanted to get back in the win column, and um, and I'm super happy for him. I'm a Stephen Thompson fan, so that was that was good to see. Um, co-main event: Darren Till versus Kelvin Gastelum. Darren Till's move up to middleweight, um, big move for him. He's a big guy. He's giant. Um, I don't really want to see him go back down to welterweight. I mean, he dominated, but he missed weight a couple times. He's a big guy. He's obviously big enough for the, the middleweight division. Granted, Kelvin's not a giant middleweight. He's a strong guy. I mean, a, you know, uh, a thick, strong guy, but... Um, Frame-wise, Kelvin's not a huge guy. He used to fight welterweight, or try to anyway. He missed weight every time. But um, Darren Till... Kind of a slow fight for the both of them. Uh, both of them for the both of them. Uh, you have two. You have another big hitter on the on, on the other side. Both of them big hitters. Darren Till's quick with a lot of power. I think he has a deceiving amount of power because of how Darren fights. You don't think of him as like a power striker, but I mean Darren puts people on their butt. 
he, uh, I mean, but as soon as he started the fight with Jorge, left straight right to the face, put Jorge down. Um, and then Darren almost killed Cowboy. I mean, that was unbelievable. That was a couple of years ago. Um, and then, but and Calvin, obviously known as a big hitter, you know, ended Michael Bisping's uh, career, uh, dropped Israel, big hitter. So they played it a little timid, kind of frustrating to watch because they're such exciting fighters, and just to see them not, you know, absolutely unload like we probably wanted them to. It was a smart win for Darren. He played it smart. Um, the one judge that the judge that was the that was another theme of the night was the judging. Uh, to give it thirty twenty seven to Kelvin is is unreal. That makes zero sense, but um, it's okay. <coughs> uh, decision still went to Darren. Um, happy to see Darren win. Happy to see Darren back in the win column. Eighteen column eighteen and two now. Um, he's got some big fights in the middleweight division. He said he's not done with welterweight. I would like to see him done with welterweight, but um. Uh, yeah, some big fights. You can give him Joker, uh, Jared Cannonier. Yeah, he's ranked fifth now. They already they updated the rankings. So yeah, Darren Till fifth in the middleweight, just like that. One big win. Um, and Terry just straight up was like, "I'm not fighting you, all Romero." Can't blame him. Uh, that's interesting. Darren was brutally honest after that fight. He was like, almost, what did he say? He was like, almost faked an injury to get out. Uh, I'm not fighting Yoel Romero. He like refuses. He'll go back to well, down to welterweight before he does that. <coughs> Grab some water one sec. But, yeah, happy to see Darren back in the win column. Uh, he's got some big fights possibly ahead of him. I think he got his confidence back a little bit. Um, I'd be surprised if we don't see a, a new reformed Darren Till. I'm a Darren Till fan. I think he made a lot of fans, uh, a lot a lot more new fans um, at UFC 244. Just how he fought, how he acted uh, afterwards. Honest guy, absolute killer, fun to watch. Um, that was probably his most boring fight, and it really wasn't even that boring. It was just more of a more of a chess match. They were just playing it a little safe. But super happy for Darren. And then main event, Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal. All right. So, obviously, for the baddest motherfucker in the game title, um, two BMFs, absolutely no doubt. But um, it's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious who the uh, the batter of the two is right now, at least right now. And it's, uh, uh, it's, it's Jorge by a landslide. I'm a I'm a Nate Diaz fan. Um, so happy to see him come back at that win over Anthony Pettis. I thought I thought he might give Jorge a little bit of trouble. Just I, I don't know. I thought Nate was going to fight really disruptive and kind of and kind of bother Jorge. And nope, I was wrong. Jorge Jorge hits. I mean, harder than anybody in the division. I think maybe besides a fresh Tyron Woodley, if Tyron Woodley can get one of those like overhands off. Um, I mean, Tyron's always an explosive, scary dude. But no. Jorge looked, every shot he hit Nate with was gut-wrenching. It was unbelievable. Those body kicks were unbelievable. The loudest body kicks I'd heard in a while. Um, God, when he hit Nate with like that kick as he was falling to the head, that was unreal. Jorge looks amazing. Um, as much as, and then obviously, Dr. Stoppage round three. I get it. It's not like, the thing is, it's not like the doctor didn't want to watch the fight anymore. The doctor didn't want to do it. Like I can't, you can't imagine the doctor wanted to just call it, just to call it. He had no reason to do that. So, and you know, it sucks. It blows. I was at the time, I was like, what? I was annoyed. But you can't, you can't just you know go off instinct like that. I mean, you gotta think of that a little bit. I mean, he's a professional. Granted, I don't know if that doctor, and I'm completely ignorant here. I have no clue. I don't know if that doctor realized that exact cut Nate has been cut with literally every time since like his first Connor fight. Like he just he just gets cut like that, so that's just the way it is. I don't know. It's, it looked like a bad cut. Probably could have let it go on a little bit longer, especially since Nate was so willing. But <clears throat> that's just the way it went. And it's not like Jorge wasn't absolutely beating the hell out of Nate. 
I mean, he just was. I think Nate was getting a little bit more comfortable, um, even off his back. He was starting to disrupt a little bit, drop some hammers and stuff. The problem is Nate doesn't hit that hard, and I feel like Jorge was ready for that. Um, was ready to kind of go through those like nagging hits and those the, the cage control punching and, the, and that type of thing. So, um, you know, I think uh, Jorge came in there to kill. Jorge's the most violent dude in that division right now. One of the most violent dudes in the UFC for sure. Um, happy for him. I as much as I want to see Jorge do these fun fights like Nate or you know possibly Connor, which would be a joke. Or I Jorge would kill Connor. Um, I just want to see Jorge fight for the belt. Now I know Colby and and Kamaru Usman are fighting next month. It's gonna be uh, a phenomenal fight. It's important. Um, I hope Colby's not getting counted out. I don't consider myself a Colby fan, but at the end of the day, if you look at him as just a fighter, he's unreal. His pace is unbelievable. He hit Robbie Lawler 500 times. Even though I love what Mike Perry said about that he was like Colby if I hit someone 500 times they'd be dead <laughs> which is hilarious but anyway um I, I mean I straight up I want to see Jorge fight the winner of that uh hopefully not hopefully because I you know it'd be fun for it to be a brawl but assuming the winner of that fight doesn't come out with too much damage set Jorge in the uh in the welterweight champion up for the first quarter of uh, 2020 uh that'd be huge that'd be huge because Jorge at this moment is the biggest star in the UFC um you know Kind of just excluding like Connor and and John Jones is still a giant name, but he's not a giant draw right now because no one's really threatening him, especially after the Johnny Walker derailment. But anyway, yeah. So big things for Jorge. The Rock being there was so badass. Came out with his own entrance. Came out carrying the belt. Just leave the Rock in the UFC. I realize he's a busy guy, but man, that's when I realized how huge that was. So I mean, I'll be interested to see how many pay per view buys that did. I'm sure it's huge. Uh, I'm going to guess over a million, um, just kind of in perspective. It's like 1.5 for Nate Connor 1, 1.3 for Eddie Alvarez and Connor. I can't remember the exact, it's something like that, kind of in the mid ones, and then 2.4 for Connor could be, but that's not touching that. <coughs> I'd bet this broke a million. I'd be curious to know. Um, but, yeah, uh, phenomenal fights. Um, big thing was redemption. Uh, Wonder Boy, Derek Lewis, Kevin Lee, um, all comebacks coming off losses. Uh, Corey Anderson, that's not redemption, but Corey Anderson putting his name out there, just like, you know, just shutting down the naysayers. Uh, and Darren Till, the other, yeah, literally four of the five on the main card. Darren Till, Wonder Boy, Derek Lewis, Kevin Lee, all coming off, I believe, double losses. Wow, yeah. <clears throat> that's interesting. All coming off two losses in a row. I don't think I'm wrong about that. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And then Jorge solidifying his position as the baddest motherfucker in the UFC, in the game right now. He would give anybody trouble. Douglas Lima, I mean, switching promotions. He'd give Douglas Lima trouble. He'd give Rory trouble. He'd give anybody in the welterweight division trouble. Um, as far as the matchup between him and the champ, assuming Colby doesn't win, I mean, Marty's just <laughs> it's so much pressure. and I, I don't know. Ho Ho Kamaru's style doesn't lend itself to losing in the way that Jorge beats people. So I, unless something happens early, I don't see Jorge going out there and just absolutely sleeping Usman, but I didn't think Jorge was going to knock out Ben Askren in five seconds. So you never know. But uh, happy happy for Jorge. Happy for a lot of the, all the winners of the night. You know, It's happy to see them back in the win column. Kevin Lee killing somebody. Derek Lewis with the uh, decision. Wonder Boy showing why he's one of the best in the in the world. 57-0 or whatever is a kickbox, and then come in 15-4 and four in the UFC. I mean, he's the man. Uh, and then Darren Till showing that he's a threat in possibly two divisions. So 
uh, yeah, huge night of fights. Uh, Zabit Magomed Sharapov versus Calvin Cater next weekend. Uh, I'm probably going to tune in for that. And then Greg Hardy getting an actual opponent. How about that? <coughs> Alexander Volkov, former Bellator heavyweight champion, I believe. But, uh, yeah, it'll be nice to see Greg Hardy not use inhaler and uh, and actually get uh, get a get a real challenge. And I'm, and I'm not counting out some of the guys he fought, but, you know, Greg's been winning with ease, and I mean it's it's nice to see him fight somebody who who's a real threat. Um, I have to assume Alexander's just gonna beat him, just gonna beat him down, decision win, use that bonkers length that he has. Um, I mean he's an accurate striker, he's a smart striker. Uh, I'll be excited for both of those, and then a few other fights. Uh, let's see, Danny Roberts. Oh man, uh, so not the most stacked card. A lot of Russians. Where is that? Where is that fight? CSKA Arena? Oh, it's in Russia. Okay, well, that makes sense. I wish I knew more of the fighters. I really don't. Uh, Yeah, oh, Ed Herman. Let's see, Anthony Rocco Martin. I knew a few of these guys. But, yeah, Calvin Cater and Zabit. Yeah, man, they're going to freak out over there with Zabit. Uh, And then Greg Hardy and Volkov. I think there's a Russian in every single fight. Phenomenal. Have a good weekend, guys. All right. But, yeah, so that's my recap of UFC 244. Jorge Masvidal, still the baddest motherfucker in the game. Um, amazing card, amazing outcomes. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Casual MMA Podcast. Uh, I'm excited to keep this going. This is probably uh, a, a close length to what I'm going to keep it at. Um, what am I at? 25 minutes or so? Something like that. Uh, that's the hope. Uh, who knows? Bringing other people on. They may get longer. I'm not going to kind of build myself into a box here. Uh, but, yeah, I've, hopefully you guys kind of appreciate my perspective, the recaps. Um, I'm trying to keep it pretty informative. So that's the uh, that's the hope. So thanks for tuning in to the Casual MMA Podcast, and uh, I will see you guys next time. All right. I appreciate it.